0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business of PT podcast. I'll be your host, JT Moore. In this podcast, we will be interviewing successful physical therapists and learning about their stories in the field of PT. We will discuss a variety of topics such as entrepreneurship, careers, and pathways in physical therapy, as well as important characteristics in becoming a great PT. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you liked it, make sure to subscribe to get updates when new podcasts are released. Thanks everyone. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Business of PT podcast. Today we have the pleasure of having again on Jamie Schreier uh, Jamie is a former private practice owner, founder and CEO of Practice Freedom U and author of the Practice Freedom Method. He is he is on a mission to help PT owners grow a practice that allows them to work less, earn more and live an amazing purpose-filled life. Jamie, thanks for coming back on.
1: Thank you, JT. Appreciate you having me back on.
0: Yeah, and uh, I just kind of wanted to, everybody, we've had him on before for listeners that have not heard um, the previous episode, and I challenge you guys all to go back and listen to that. Um, it was a great episode on learning truly about kind of the just the introduction of, of business and, and physical therapy and, and how we as, as PTs, although we many times want to open our own practice, Um, that doesn't always correlate to our desires, correlate to us being ready for that and Jamie and his company are here to be able to help us out to be able to best be prepared in opening a private practice um, to be able to really know how to handle all the roadblocks and obstacles that come our way. Jamie does that sound about right from from that
1: introduction right there? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I, I think the other part of it is not just to open a practice, but actually to be successful in the practice and, and to make it something that's enjoyable. I mean, your business, you know, is going to be the one of the most important things in your life. Obviously, you have your family. After that, it's your business. So it's uh, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about some of the things that kind of, you know, take people off the rails a little bit and how to stay on the the, the focus to become. Uh, a successful business owner that also provides you a uh, you know a great life and a, and a great lifestyle so yes you're, you're on the point man perfect
0: and yeah I just kind of wanted to follow up with you we kind of talked a little bit before the podcast but how's everything been going since we last met
1: what are some of the updates for you and yourself your family oh and uh, it, it's all good personal uh, personal personally uh, you know my kids are back in school that means sports have started so excited it's been way too long without that. So my uh, son, he plays water polo, which is just such a great thing to watch. Uh, my daughter's playing tennis. Uh, we're doing uh, all kinds of stuff to our house. So my wife's in charge of that. Uh, so lots of stuff happening on the home front. Uh, business-wise, um, we've, uh, we've expanded our team. We've hired uh, other coaches and other people behind the scenes. And uh, yeah, again, we're, we're, we're We're just on a mission to to help uh people in business help people get get their business not only going but also uh you know uh get it thriving uh so we can we can really help and heal more people because people need it so uh that's that's what we're doing we're we're just continuing to grow and and serve our uh, community
0: perfect i'm super glad everything's been going so well for you and your family and and for the company as well and today i kind of wanted to go into a little bit about um, specifically, a portion that I think is, is, is really helpful for a lot of the listeners in the audience is someone that's interested in opening a practice, kind of those initial stages. Um, that that aspect right there, and, and what are some of those practical steps that a PT can do when kind of in the baby steps, when they're really they're excited, they've decided they want to open up their own thing, do their own thing, and what should they do? And so I kind of wanted to go about that.
1: Yeah, you you said an interesting word. I love this word. Um, The word is decided to. Um, There's a very big difference between decide and think about. I don't really talk to too many people that are in the process of thinking about. Because thinking about is really a procrastination mechanism, right? I'm thinking about going to physical therapy. I'm thinking about losing weight. I'm thinking about opening my practice, There's obviously some resistance, there's something there, some fear, something going on that is not causing you to actually make a decision. And it's an area that people can stay in for months or even years. So um, I, I like the word you said, for people, this will make more sense for people that have made the decision, that have made the commitment, I'm opening up. A business. I'm opening up a practice. I want to do things the way I want to do them. So I wanted to first make that distinction. Um, secondly, I, I think um, you know the, the, the first thing that I that I did myself and that I share with with uh, people that I speak to that are in that place of you know I've made a decision. I'm opening up uh, my place. What what's the first thing I should do? Now there's tactically things you can do so those are the th- and those things you can find anywhere you can say you know opening up your 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 pt practice or opening up a business you, you need a lawyer you you want to get the uh the tax id number down you want to do some of the the legal things that you may need to do you you're probably going to need uh, some insurance right because you don't want to be treated without uh insurance so you want to contact one of those companies to get insurance um, but before you say, you know, I need to get a network with insurance and all that, you have to pause for a minute and you have to start getting into, the, into your brain for a bit and ask the question, why am I opening up this practice? So I wanna speak the truth to, to your people today, JT. The world does not need another PT practice. The world will be fine without another PT practice. However, the world needs your business. The world needs you. So we wanna make sure that there is a, a why. Simon Sinek's talked about this in, in, in his book, Start With Why. You can also see him on TED Talks and stuff like that. But it's this idea of why is this important to you? Now, to be very transparent, the reason I started my practice is because I really hated the place I was working at. That was my why at the time. And that's a lot of people's why. Why are you doing it? Because I don't like where I'm working. They're telling me what to do, how to treat, the people I want to work with. I got to fill out all these forms just to take a day off. I want to do things on my own. OK, that might be an initial reactiv- reactionary why. But what's the deeper why? Why are you really doing this? Why does this matter to you to open up your own place? So that's where I would start, JT, is sitting, spending some time and just seeing where that goes, seeing where that conversation goes with yourself, journaling it. I'm a very big journal person, getting these thoughts out of your head and seeing what that uh, says, because this will start the, the, the whole process of why this is meaningful to you. Because if you don't inspire yourself for this business, first of all, you're not gonna inspire anybody else. Like when you start building it and you start hiring people, this meaning, this has to resonate with others. But even before them, if you can't get inspired with this, it's very easy then when things get tough and things will get tough. Business is not necessarily a simple, easy thing. It's an emotional thing for sure. When things get tough, you'll 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 tend to lose your way when you're not grounded to why you're doing this. Just like anything. Why are you going to physical therapy school? I want to help people. Okay, that's great. Let's go a little deeper. What is the true meaning behind it? Is there experience you have? Did you see things growing up? So you're taking this into your business. And that's an area that so many people don't take the time to do. They're too much in a rush just to do the tactical things and get the lawyers and just start and then later on that comes back to find them so that's where you start
0: yeah i love that a lot i think that is such a uh like keeping that why in mind and why that purpose behind it because like even when you're saying that like for some reason like it came to my mind even this podcast that i've created like there's times when like i'm going and like i'm really excited for a new episode. And then like the first like day, maybe it doesn't pick up as much traction as I want. I'm like, did I did I market it bad? Was this like someone like, or is my audience not interested in this? And then realizing that the growth's gonna be up and down, it's gonna, if the trajectory is good, then that's like what's most important. But like, I even had like those moments where I've like, I understand how much I, I wanted to do it. And even still like when moments like it doesn't go as planned, I still am motivated to continue to grow and progress the podcast and growing that because I've enjoyed it so much and I know people are getting that benefit. I've gotten people that have reached out and have had, have mentioned how much they've enjoyed it or gotten something out of it. Even people that aren't even in PT, like, which has been surprising, which I never thought I would, would happen. Um, But it's been such a gratifying feeling to know that I'm learning so much and other people around me are. So, although it may not have the picture of I want, I still am motivated to continue to grow and progress. Yeah, I love that aspect. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, my brother
1: yet add the word yet in there you don't have it yet Mm -hmm. but you're a lot further than you where you were and you realize that you have to lean on why you're doing this podcast is it just to get a bunch of subscribers i don't think so i think that's a part you know of sharing your message but there has to be a deeper why because if not you start to second guess yourself and then that leads to making all kinds of other bad decisions and possibly quitting something Mm-hmm. So I mean that's a perfect example. So what I'm sharing with people that are starting their 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 PT practice is no difference than when you're starting any type of business. So great great point there. Yeah no I, I really liked
0: it a lot. And I yeah I kind of wanted to go into um, actually like one of the I took a course with Jimmy McKay and he's on the uh, PT Pinecast. I saw that you were actually on it a little Love while you. ago. He's a good oh, guy. Yeah. Um, and he actually helps like talk about um, the, and I I gather all the listeners, Peachy Pinecast is a great podcast as well to hop on and listen. But he talked about when we were creating, kind of helping grow our podcast and everything, was kind of having a an audience in mind. And I think that when you have that purpose of opening up your own practice, deciding that you're gonna wanna treat, at least in my eyes, you wanna treat a certain, uh, certain people. It might be, you might have a, a population in mind. And I think that's such an important aspect and I wanted to kind of go into that. What are some of the things that are important specifically uh, some of the questions I thought about is where and who you'll treat are those like, are those really important steps and how do you go about doing that?
1: Yeah. So that's a great thing you said uh, about Jimmy, because once you get clear on kind of why you're even doing this, why are you uh, moving forward with this business? You then want to put together. So, what's the vision for this business? What's the, you know, um, maybe not the end vision that might be big for people just starting out, but perhaps a goal, you know, what would be a two year or three year goal to get some type of destination in mind? I always use the example of a vacation. If I said, JP, dude, you and I, we're going on vacation. Get ready, go start packing. What's the first question you're gonna ask me? Where are we going? Where are we going because where are we going will all of a sudden make it easier for you to then to answer a lot of other questions what do i pack if you have a dog is the dog coming with me is the dog going to a neighbor is a dog going to a kennel for a week are we driving are we flying are we taking a train are we walking so that one question of where are we going helps you answer dozens of other questions that allows you to move forward it's the same thing in your business Where is this business going to be two, three years from now? What do you envision? And here's where we lose some of our inner child. We lose when we're young. Look, we love when kids are like, I'm Superman. I'm Wonder Woman. When I grow up, I'm going to be president. I'm going to be and we're like, oh, my God, that's so great. We encourage that. All of a sudden, we get older and somehow dreaming about what's possible is no longer prudent and no longer scientifically proven that that's going to happen, the odds are against you. We lose that ability to dream. And if you notice of any entrepreneur out there, and yes, you as a business owner or an entrepreneur, you're taking this financial risk yourself. We lose that sense of dreaming what's possible. You dreamt of this podcast, JT. You made it up, right? You said, I want to do this. You made it, and you created your version of it. That's critical because that gives you an idea of where you're going. I wanna hit this particular goal. I wanna have 10,000 downloads a month in in three years. Do you know how you're gonna do it? No, it doesn't matter how. What matters is you're putting out what you want. And too many times, the reason we don't do this is because in our perfectionist nature, We don't wanna be wrong. We wanna be right. Because we weren't wrong too many times in school. We got lots of good grades in school. That means you didn't fail too much academically. So this is part of your upbringing as an adult, as a professional. Well, when you get into this world, you're kind of making it up. You're getting to make up what you want your business to be, how you want it to be, uh, and all that type of stuff. What you're not having to figure out yet is exactly how you're gonna get there. This is where the leap of faith comes in. This is where the belief comes in that somebody out there can help me, that I will eventually figure it out. So that becomes the next step after you figure out the why of this is important, the meeting. You get the the vision, you get the destination. And then the next step after that is, so who do I wanna help? You can't help everybody that's that's first and foremost do not try to be everything to everybody we can't right so who do you want to help what is the area that you're most passionate in what population are you most passionate in what particular niche are you most passionate in this is only a question you can answer so do what's natural for you who do you treat better than anybody else Who is that person that you treated maybe at your last job that would come in and you're like, oh my God, I wish I had 30 more just like them. This is my ideal patient. This is my ideal client. When you're able to start describing this person and you wanna describe this person in detail, you wanna get as much about them as possible because what you're creating in this sense, JT, is what's called an avatar. Like the movie with the big blue people that are like nine feet tall. An avatar is like an amorphous of all the best traits, all of the best characteristics, all of the, the, the things that your, your best clients or your best patients have. You're creating this picture. Here's why you're creating it. Because once you create that picture, those questions you just asked me, well, where, where should I be looking? Should I be taking insurance? Should I go out of network, network, in-network, cash-based? Those questions will become more clear because you know who your audience is. And if our job is to serve the audience, let's say your audience is runners. Well, if I wanna serve runners, then that's gonna help me um, answer some other questions of, so where do I wanna be? Where's the running population? Where's the biggest congregation of runners? This is also gonna help you when we start, when we talk about in a few minutes, about how to start building your practice. How to start actually getting busy in your practice before you even open the doors for the people that haven't even opened yet. How to pre-promote your business so you walk in with 10, 20 patients that week versus zero. And it starts with um, understanding your, um, the audience you wanna see.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that's something that I actually wanted to highlight. And I love that you that you mentioned that that if you prepare and you have that audience in mind, that you come into it already already rolling. I actually just had on the podcast uh, Mike Bastin, who is, um, foothill sports medicine physical therapy. Like he's their CEO owner, and they they have grown a really big practice. I mean practices throughout the whole Arizona Valley. And he said when he initially opened his first clinic, the first week no one came. And he's like, wait, does nobody know I'm open? Does the sign not working? Like what's going on? And then he realized kind of what you said, he needed to reach out, he needed to create that population and really get that marketing. And I love that. I feel like that's something that as PTs we, I've heard that all like, too many times, I feel like then than I would like to. And I, I already going into it, know that I don't want to do that. And so that's what I wanted to kind of address. How do we kind of, what you said, prepare, have those 20 patients, Have that. have those people ready to go once we have everything rolling to really build that po- desired patient population. What are some of the things that we should focus on doing early on, even before the doors open, quote unquote? OK,
1: so let's take an example. So let's roll this whole thing out. So you did your why, you know, you know why you want to do this. You're just so passionate about runners and you want to help the running world it's, and, and you're a runner yourself. So you know your why, your audience, you want to work with runners runners of, of all ages, but primarily runners that are male, female, between the ages of 32 and 55, right? Um, this group is typically, uh, they're very passionate about what they're doing. Um, they're probably um, a little more affluent. They're probably more professionals than non-professionals or blue collar. Um, they, uh, uh, they're everywhere. But, um, you know, so you won't, you're going through those exercises. So then you ask your question, you're like, okay, I know where I want to open up, I want to open up here. And let's say you do not want to take insurance or you're at a network or whatever, so you're like, you're going to start not taking insurance. Okay. So then what would you need to actually, um, work with this group? Like, what would you need? I mean, do you need a physical space? Or is this going to be an online type of business let's say we go physical space right we're going to do traditional physical therapy we're going to do some hands-on stuff we're going to do some different performance programs stuff like that okay so now you have to look at well where can you do that well you can buy a building you can rent a space or you could lease a space out of let's say a gym or some other type of place so you start having options and then you choose kind of where you are best suited. Like, right? how much money do you have? When you open a business, you don't want to open up with no money. You have resources to money. Let's say you're like me. I opened up my practice. I didn't really have a lot of money. I didn't have money from my parents. I didn't really have any savings. I mean, I was you know a few years out of you know out of school working, so I only had you know five ten thousand bucks. So I define a, a space that fitted my audience that worked for for me. So I know a lot of people that work with runners. They uh, work, let's say out of a gym, right? So they're working out of a gym. They have a room there and they get access to the gym. So here's what you do now. You ask yourself, where are these runners? Where is this avatar? Where Where are my ideal people? And you start to list all the places that they're at there's a great saying that says who do they see before they see you they meeting your your audience so let's let's work this together jp where would runners be
0: in my eyes i think that there's a lot of running communities that i've seen so they could be involved in a running community um i mean you're gonna have like like, honestly, what came to my mind first thing, especially here in Arizona, is like, you're gonna see them like on the streets running around, but I don't know how that's necessarily applicable in that sense. Sure, you see them everywhere. Mm-hmm. But
1: the real question is who do they see? In other words, who do they congregate with? Gotcha. So they congregate with other runners. Mm-hmm. And Where do they do that? In running communities. So your first homework is you type in running communities google's a really great device and then all of a sudden it's going to list running communities running groups road runners it may list for those savvy marketers people that work with runners maybe other people that work with runners that have influence over runners right where what do runners do where do they shop as far as like like,
0: like shoes and stores and stuff like that Well, runners need shoes, right? Do they care about
1: what's on their feet? Yep, they definitely have Are they going to shop at Dick's? Or a lot of times they gonna shop at these specialty running store that are focusing for people like them who are passionate about running. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, you now have all the running stores. So you can reach out to the running stores. Do runners get hurt? Definitely. What type of injuries do runners have?
0: I mean, you're going to have a lot of knees, I mean,
1: sometimes ankles that lower a lot of lower body knees ankles achilles tendinitis, plantar fasciitis tendonitis you name the itis the runners have it they are a walking mess so who helps them as far
0: as like medical professionals as well
1: okay now you type in medical professionals and you can type in tendonitis you can type in knee pain you can type in ankle you basically now have just in those three things that we just asked. How many potential places or people do you now have that you can reach out to and start to build and develop relationships? How many people you think are on that list with just those
0: questions I asked? There's a ton. Like I, just thinking about like here close by, I mean. Like even and I'm not I'm not a quote unquote runner. I'd like to be, but Arizona Heat. I have to get up too early for that, so I haven't got into running as much as I want to. But there are a lot of running stores that I, I've seen and just heard of talking to different patient populations, and so I know there's already that. But also, yeah, the medical community and running communities—they're big here, especially
1: down in the valley. So conservatively, you probably have fifty to a hundred names. Conservatively, yeah. Okay, so now you have a place to start. You also have what we all do when we start our practice. You also have the family and friends route, right? You have all your family, all your friends who are runners. Maybe some of them aren't runners, but you can still work with them as well. So you have that whole route. So you have to include all of them. You have any past patients you worked with, any relationships you made at your other jobs that you're, quote, allowed to reach out to without breaking any non-compete laws. So this is the work that you do. Now you're creating your potential list of relationships. Now, the only thing you have to do at this point is start reaching out. Do what you do best. As physical therapists. one of the things we do very well that is non-technical, meaning I'm great at treating your knee or your hip or analyzing your, your running stride, what we're great as 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 physical therapists are engaging with people are we not
0: definitely so
1: we are going to develop and accentuate this skill and we're going to go out there and we're going to meet people and we're going to develop relationships with people but not just anybody we're going to be a little more strategic we're going to develop relationships with people that have influence key word jt influence over our ideal audience when you do that and that starts before you open the doors if the buzz opening soon we're looking at you know we're, we're taking appointments right now when you start to do that you start to spread that your business will explode i like that a lot you didn't happen for every single person even if you screw this up if you have a hundred people on your list, not everyone's gonna work with you, but you don't need everybody. Mm-hmm. You need a handful of people that you connect with that like you, that you can try to help. Yeah. When you I mean try to help, I mean, not only help them, but of course you're helping your clients. That awesome. That's how you get a line before you even open the doors. And of course there's different promotional <laughs> things you can do um, <clears throat> as well.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for that. I like, I really liked that. I was very, thank you for just kind of walking step by step through that process. And honestly, that's something, something that you can apply to anything in any career that you want to start (laughs) with. Like that's just not even just a specific PT, but, but gave a great example right there of the running community and how to, how to build a practice based off of that and finding everybody. And that's, yeah, that's something that I kind of wanted to talk about. You said that we're great at the people skills at creating those connections with people. And I feel like that's something that kind of like, obviously is that marketing aspect of our profession that I feel like as PTs we struggle with. That is something that I don't know why, I know, I know obviously we don't learn it in PT school because we're learning to pass the boards and everything, but I feel like it's something that we sell ourselves short in and I wanted to discuss what are some of those important aspects and things in marketing that we may stumble upon as PTs that you've seen a lot through your experience. Well, let's take the word marketing away
1: because marketing in our field is for a lot of people a very, I don't know if it's a taboo word. I don't know if, it, if it's a word that psychs people out. Um, but if we're going to simplify this idea of marketing, let's look at it as creating awareness in our community. Mm-hmm. Okay. So instead of saying marketing, we're creating awareness and awareness is who we help. And what we help them do. So in this case is I help runners, um, run with, you know, with, without pain and help people break their personal best, you know? So I help runners, um, I help injured runners who want to, you know, run further, faster, without paying to break their personal debts All right so i just said basically um the audience i help and i stated very clearly who i helped them with so now people understand who i work with so they can ask does he work with someone like me runners yes and what they help them do okay i have an injury and yeah i want to i want to run injury free or at least without As much pain and yeah i want to get faster i want to run better and stuff like that so this idea of marketing we're gonna we're gonna say that we're gonna say of how we um how we show up in the world how we um you know put ourselves out there so then the question becomes then what kind of skills does it take to do it well what type of skills does it take to be a physical therapist it takes intellectual skills meaning you need to know how to evaluate the patient you need to do how to do the range of motion you need to have to do all the technical skills you learn but what's more important than technical skills to the patient you are treating what's more important at least initially
0: i think it's creating that that connection that rapport Helping them know that they're a value, like that you value them, and want them as a person to get better. That's what, I, in my mind, is what okay. comes to my mind.
1: Exactly, and you're a hundred percent correct. So it's what people call the soft skills. See, the soft skills we haven't been quote trained on because I've never heard someone that has a class on soft skills. But we've had experience doing because every person we meet. What we're trying to do is create rapport. Rapport is another word for creating trust. Because when you have rapport with someone like we do here, you and I have rapport, we're talking, there's certain things we've done, just natural human being wise, that there's an affinity. I like you, you like me, we have some common interests. We're having fun doing this. We're deepening that rapport. And that's creating a trust between us. And when you have a trust between two people, you're more likely to move forward in the relationship. If it's dating, it's moving forward in the dating relationship. So if you were going to go to a bar and meet a girl and five minutes of saying, hey, how you doing? What's your name? Hey, you know what? I'm thinking about getting away this weekend. Do you want to come with me? She might slap you. She might throw a drink at you. Why? It's not that she doesn't like you. It's that what you're asking of her is not aligned with the amount of trust you've created. So This is all about building rapport and trust. When you have that, it's easier than to create a relationship. It doesn't mean it's gonna happen, but just better chance of doing that than getting a bunch of crap that you see in your LinkedIn profile and your Facebook that says, hey, hey, do this, do this, do this, sign up for my this, get this, get this, when they don't even know who you are. But as therapists, we've created rapport. We look in people's eyes. We shake their hand. We smile. We have an empathetic nature about us and we're able to create that connection with people that then say, oh my God, you're the best. They don't know your education. They just assume you're smart. You're a doctor, but they don't know all the details and the grades you got. They just know how you make them feel. And that's what this is about. That's the part, JP, that people miss. They miss that this isn't complicated. I tried to outsmart myself. I tried to do all this fancy stuff. And what I realize is this is just about me wanting to connect with other people that believe in what I believe, that feel I can help them. And then providing that service for people and trying to help them. So that's where we begin with this is building that rapport and there are rapport strategies out there one of them is a simple strategy called eye contact a simple strategy called um you know um uh, smiling it sounds look what you just did they can't see us right now but i smiled and you smiled back you can't help it these are typical these are very simple rapport strategies that we take for granted but when you're building a relationship with someone that maybe you don't know you want to use these type of strategies smiling eye contact common interests when you meet someone that you don't know one of the first things that we that people do a lot of times it's like the subconscious thing is you look for a common interest what did you ask me before we
0: got on like I was just asking how everything was going, and then we talked about sport. You brought up sports, and that was something I had a come in t- interest in, and we talked about sports for a second because I, I made that connection
1: right there. Right. You did it subconsciously, or maybe you did it intentionally. Either way, it was great. You're like, Jamie, what are you up to? Oh, I'm doing this sports. Oh, sports. Football started. Who's your favorite team? I said, Washington. You're like, oh, great. You know, your team is hurdles? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hurdles. So now... We like different teams, but we like football. We now have a common interest that immediately creates more connection and affinity for one another, period. That's where we as physical therapists, as people that engage with people all day, have the ability to take those same skills and apply it to building relationships with referral sources out there, with potentially people that we can have relationships And for some reason, I don't know where this starts. I don't know where the block is, but for some reason, we don't have the same level of confidence to build relationships with those people. And it, and it just, it just creates this, this block, but you know what you can do this and for people that do this, they're the ones that get their places busy. So it's about helping people. So why not help the person out there that owns a shoe store, that's doing the surgery on their, uh, the, their patient's feet that are that are a coach of a running group. Why don't you meet with them, introduce yourself, build that rapport with them and see if there's any synergy, see if there's a, something you can do to help them, whether it's giving a talk or some other type of advice, or perhaps, you know, taking care of them or somebody that they that they know or one of their clients if you just did that intentionally with every single person on that list that you just created i promise you will not only be profitable within a few months you will be looking for your next hire inside of six months Guaranteed. i've never seen it not happen but the problem we make is we get in our heads We let fear overcome us. We let our perfectionist nature of trying to do things perfect and right. We let all of these negative things come. We let the word marketing be the scary thing. And we lose why we did this business in the first place, which is why we started with that as the first thing. Because I'm sure somewhere around this why is you wanting to actually impact and help others something in that why is there it's in all of us and if you truly want to do that it means we have to get uncomfortable a little bit here and this is how we get uncomfortable but you know what it ain't scary when you start doing it you're going to make some great relationships and you're going to have people for life that love the fact that you are there to help them and help their people thank you for that I I can't make it any any worse, it's not easy. I'm not gonna say it's easy, but it's not complicated what we're doing here. It doesn't have to be, anyways.
0: Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed that and how much knowledge that was. I like that part right there. A couple mm-hmm. of things really resonated with me. Uh, you talked about kind of creating that rapport and building that trust and that connection with people. And a quote that came to my mind, which I've used and like thought about in life and I thought was really important, is like, people remember, like a lot of people won't remember what you said or what you did. But they'll remember how you made them feel, and I think that is something that's so key, um, just in any kind of relationship or connection that we have. If you want to have a lasting impact, if you, how you make them feel is such a big impact on the lasting impression they're going to have of you. And so, if you can have that positive, a positive impact in them and making them feel better when they're around you, I think that automatically attracts people to to you in that sense. And I think I, I don't, when you were talking about that, that quote came to my mind right away.
1: There you go. Um, there, there's a great saying that we have at Practice Freedom U is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Once you build that relationship, that rapport, that trust, yes, you better know what you're doing. But I've never met a physical therapist that didn't know what they're doing. I mean, we're highly trained people. Yes, we feel the need to get more degrees. We feel the need to get more certifications. That's another issue that we can talk about. But we get out of school knowing more than 99% of the world. We know a lot, but people don't judge relationships by how how much someone knows. They judge it just what you said. How do they make you feel? Do they come off with an arrogant asshole that thinks they know everything? Or do they come off genuine and empathetic? Because if they are, I'll come back to you every single time. But if you start telling me how much you know and how much training you have and all this other stuff that you think is important, you're missing the boat. And this is where I've done so much work and so much training with the people in my community, as well as, you know, providing uh, things outside and resources outside is we need to tap into what we're really about. And it's not just all this knowledge, it's we are humans helping humans. We are people helping other people. In order to do that, we need to elevate our skill level. And it's those soft skills that need to be elevated. The communication skills, the rapport building skills. When you do that, everything in your business will improve. Especially, we haven't talked about this, but we we can, especially when you start hiring people. That's when this reports and communications starts to help as well. But you get to practice this building your what I call it, referral network. And that's where all solopreneurs, that's my thats my first stage of any, any PT practice is a solopreneur, just like the guy you were mentioning before, started with one practice. Most of us, unless you buy an existing big practice, start as a solopreneur. It's just you. Your job is to build your brand, which is a fancy word for building relationships, With people, but not just anybody, people that have influence over the audience you want to see primarily. That's as simple as I could make it from everything I know about how to do this. Simple as I can make it. And everyone can do this and everyone can be successful, financially successful, purposeful, successful. You just have to be willing to actually then do it. Ah, that's sometimes the challenge, JP. It is. Actually doing the work, but assuming you can do the work, this, this doesn't have to be as scary as it looks.
0: Uh, that, that, that is spot on. I think that was great and just very practical steps and just kind of talking through the process of these initial phases of these things where once we've decided, like you said, after thinking, but deciding, what are those next couple of things to really build that good foundation as when you grow. And yeah, I just wanted to know, are there any other things um, that, and I kind of want, maybe we can save it for another one, like the next step of when you continue to grow and expand, but like on, like I just wanted to kind of ask, in those initial phases of your own personal experience, were there some things that you had wish you had known earlier that you felt, man, if I had known that, that really would have helped me? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a ton of them, but are there a couple uh, that really stick out to you? Dude,
1: there is one. There is one more than any other is I am a passionate person and sometimes my passion can be good. And sometimes it could be my greatest blind spot. I was so passionate about being against doctors. I hated doctors. They were the enemy screw them. I don't need them to be successful. I'll build my business by word of mouth. I'll just deliver great care and I'll build my network that way. And I did, I had one doctor refer to me, like, I don't know, one patient a month or something. That was it. And we're talking for like a couple of years. That's the part I regret. So my own attitude, my own ill-advised feeling towards doctors who didn't have the feeling back towards me, this was just my own crap in my head But what that did is caused me not to then build my network of doctors until later. And then, of course, I'm still friends. I haven't haven't treated in, in seven years, and I sold my practices five years ago at the time of this recording. I'm still friends with, like, five docs who we hang out with. I never would be friends with them. I would never have the pleasure of knowing them and, and knowing about their families and, and be able to refer a lot of my people to them, to help them, if I was still believing that crap around doctors are the enemy and that kind of stuff. So that was the biggest thing that if I could kick back, I would have done the advice I'm giving now is <laughs> big, big mistake, extensive mistake, frustrated mistake for sure that is absolutely number one perfect
0: yeah I, I think that is thank you for sharing that i think that's something that yeah we should never close any door opportunity and yeah i think you obviously you learned from it firsthand how that affected you um that is really really good uh honestly I, again like this the time flies by i feel like when i'm talking with you and i and I, I learned so much and i'm grateful for you coming on um uh, Ash, before we, we close, are there any other things that you think would be really important for uh, the audience listening, just kind of those initial stages of opening a practice? Are there any other nuggets or words of wisdom that you would like to share? Yeah, I mean, there's a
1: lot of of stuff. You can get yourself trapped in the minutia of stuff. Obviously, if you're going to accept insurance, you have lots of other things that you need to address you know the getting a network and then following all the protocols and all the things if you're going to accept Medicare you have all of the so a lot of it depends on your decisions at the get-go of what other things that have to be done but I don't want to get into that minutia because that's just tactical and straightforward and there's a lot of resources out there in the world that can help you do that the APTA has their resources the private practice section has their resources. that's you know it's all out there those are just checklists but what I'd like to say is you know since we're talking about this there, there's stages of business right i, I call it the stages of private practice and these are very specific and they follow a very predictable pattern there's basically four stages. all right the stage we're talking about is the stage one this is the solopreneur and the solopreneur starts off with this bright-eyed bushy tail therapist that has this all these ideals of how they want to build a business and the, the most important thing you have to do is build your referral network Is that's going to generate referral all right then you're going to have the biggest challenge and the biggest challenge is it's just you you have to do everything initially you set things up that's fine then you're starting to treat patients and do the documentation and everything well then you have to you know answer the phones here and then you have to make sure that you're getting paid and 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 all that kind of stuff. Well, then you have to make sure you're building your network. The biggest challenge you have in the solopreneur phase is continuing to market, and the bad word I said, continue to build your relationships with your referrals uh, sources and still maintain time to treat because eventually you're going to run out of time and you're going to get busy. And believe me, every person that's that's listening, you will get busier you will begin to make money, and you will be able to. You will start working more and more hours. But what you'll not do is you'll not continue to market. And when you stop building those relationships and expanding that, you then will get less busy, and you'll get this up and down roller coaster. So that's the biggest challenge that solopreneurs have at that phase. So then the next thing you're going to do, if I'm going to give you advice. You wanna start looking of how to delegate things off your plate. The number one thing I would delegate first is not clinical, it's your admin stuff. This is where you add in either a virtual assistant, whether a front desk person, whether it's just an admin that does a little bit of everything, but this is where you are able to then delegate some of those activities to this person so you can continue to focus on marketing. You can't stop focus on building those relationships and expanding those relationships, right? Then you're going to have to delegate at some point treating, which means you're going to have to bring someone else in to help you treat. If you can't treat 40, 50 hours a week and do everything else that you need to a business. Once you do that, you start to generate more money. I, I say the solopreneur is between zero and 300,000, three, maybe three $300, to $400,000 in total revenue. That's the solopreneur phase. Then you start to move into this, other phase that's more of a transitional growth phase this phase is between 400,000 and a million this phase is when you begin to start hiring people so now you have to bring in hiring and all these other components you have to then focus on the systems and the operations that's not extremely important in a solopreneur phase. it's important you want to start putting some things in place but what's important in that phase is establishing referrals right then start to bring in people to help you delegate. So I, I hope and I'm beginning to flesh out more with these with these stages because I want people to realize that the problems you have are not the same problems everyone has. It's the same problems everyone has in the particular faith. But it's like a person comes in with an ankle problem and it's because their hips are malaligned that the ankle is the problem. You can spend all day treating their ankle, and you will get temporary relief. But until you fix the hip alignment, the ankle will never be the way it should be. The same thing in your business. If you spend time focusing on the things that are not the real problem you should be focusing on, you're only going to have temporary relief. So by looking at your business in this phase, you can focus on the most important things and do what we all talk about, you can begin to work smarter in your business instead of just working harder and harder and more and more hours. It's almost like this creates a recipe of how to build your business in a way that helps you utilize your time the best. That's that's kind of what I want to leave with people is, especially in that solopreneur, is being very focused on building your network, taking care of your patients, and begin to delegate some of that admin and then the next phase will start to help you with clinical, will naturally move into the next, that transitional growth phase, that 400,000 to a million. And then that's where you start to focus more on creating more of the operations of the business, continuing to hire and continue to put in systems and all that. And then that will take you then to the next phase, which is more of the seven figure business, which is your one to $3 million. And then that has different problems. Those problems in that one to 3 million, are not anywhere near the same problems as a solopreneur has so don't try to apply someone teaching you that business in a solopreneur because they'll well, screw you yeah. up it'll actually yeah. use the living crap out of you and this is this is the part that i'm i'm wanting to help people and fix and, and, and fix for people is focus on the things that are going to give you the biggest result if you can find wisely
0: thank you thank you for that i think that is spot on that each each stage in the business are going to have different and unique challenges and knowing how to address those um before we wrap up i I just wanted to be able to give you an opportunity would you be able to share with the audience the best way to connect with you if they have more questions i want to talk with you and a little bit about your business again and the best way to contact that as well
1: so you know some people are out there that are you know starting their business or have started their business and they're like i'm loving it it's great you know jamie if i can just you know, follow you, then that's great. I'm on all the social medias at Jamie Schreier. You can go to PracticeFreedomU, the letter you.com and you can, you know, sign up for newsletters and resources. I do videos every week, just free tips to help people. If you want to do that, that's fine. But then there's other people out there that may be like, you know what? I, I don't want to try to recreate the wheel. I don't want to try to figure this all out myself um for those people that want to actually have a conversation and kind of take a look at your business and take a look at where you are in your business and what the greatest challenges and what to do about it i'm happy to have that conversation uh with you um we can just schedule a discovery call um and um, i'm sure you can get the link from from jt i'm sure you'll put that up um and and happy to go through this uh with you but i I just want to make sure it's you know it's really reserved for people that truly want to grow their business they want they don't want to try to do everything on their own they're looking for help uh, because, um, you know, kind of been there, done that, and helped to hundreds of other people do this. And it doesn't have to be as difficult and as challenging as it might be for you right now. So for those people, schedule a conversation with me. For the other people, just link up, follow me, and and take advantage of all the free stuff and free advice and free uh, tips I give. Perfect. Thank you, Jamie. Again,
0: uh, it was a pleasure to be able to talk with you and to learn more from you, I feel like uh, each time I'm able to to gain some more knowledge, and I hope the audience is continuing to gain that information and knowledge to apply for themselves.
1: Excellent, JT. Thank you so much for having me back, and uh, and uh, just love what you're doing, and and uh, keep reaching people and uh, helping people out.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. You
1: have a good one. You too.
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe and
1: also leave a review. Thanks everybody and we'll see you next time.